0: And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. And this podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is Bulent
1: Ozel, co-founder and CEO of Lucid Minds. There's a possibility to kind of solve or approach to this emerging technology, which means how we can have control on AI. On the, It's just an, a technology. And nothing different than a wheel, uh, how we use the wheel, or how are we going to use and in an atomic bomb, it depends on how choices we make. If we don't look into how things are suggested, how AI has been developed, that can go out of control. We want to be able to work on limited, incomplete data sets as well. you need the input of human? And usually human domain experts are the best decision makers. The problem is how we can get involved, get humans involved in the process for different reasons, practical reasons. The human can always have a better choice maker, can have more insights that algorithm, the algorithm may have certain bias that the human can overcome, or for more other, other practical reasons, there might not be enough data sets that uh, the Twitter is using to train the algorithm. This is Bulland. He's a data science
0: consultant, a researcher, and a lecturer. He likes building bridges between business, technology, science, and policy making. Besides that, he's a hands-on software architect and enjoys coding. He has provided data-driven business consultancy and services for over 10 years, and these experiences have led to the foundation of LucidMind AI. Buland has published over 50 peer-reviewed and cited indexed articles. The thing that triggered me to invite Buland to my podcast is the creation of an agent-based simulation engine. Presumably, the most advanced and complex simulation model for macroeconomic systems. It enables researchers and policymakers to collaborate on creating insights and clear answers on complex policy questions like green finance, housing market regulations, and, for example, exit and entry policies for economic unions similar to the Eurozone. We explore the challenges around creating solutions that are required to look 10, 20, or even 30 years into the future and the way to overcome such challenges. By listening to this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, why having a lack of information doesn't have to be a problem to support complex business decision-making. Secondly, how creating combos of humans and AI can give businesses of all sizes insights that can be turned into clear competitive advantage. And thirdly, that using gamification frameworks inside your solution can help users to solve complex problems together. So, Bulent, thank you for being on my podcast today and uh, make time available in your your busy schedule to discuss your, your vision around what I've seen on your website: algorithmic transparency and really yeah, making sure that AI is, is used by everybody in a much more powerful way. Correct?
1: Yeah. Thanks for inviting for this amazing podcast, theory.
0: Yes, that's correct. It's
1: we are Lucid Minds is a consultancy company with its own product and services, but we are all kind of experts hub. Which means we have a core team, also partners and collaborators, and we have certain vision in this emerging and important area, which will okay. be more and more important for day-to-day life.
0: Well, I mean, what, what always intrigues me is to understand, like, what is your passion for this technology? Where did it came? Where was your yeah? Where did it came from? Where was your decision made to kind of start a business like this?
1: It's a long story, but I'm going to make it short. Individually, I'm kind of a curious person. And starting from engineering education, I moved into organization theory, organization studies, and working with economists. I also did another PhD in economics, but always have been using data and doing analysis in whatever I have worked on and with the kind of conscious choices I have made. And the conscious choices... It's a technology we are using or we are producing or creating, but it's also human agency who decides how technology should work, how it should be incorporated, how it should be adopted in our life. So I always look into this mutuality between technology and uh, human agency, and that's how we call it conscious choices. So the lucid minds was has come out of this common understanding of people who has that kind of perspective where we just don't want to do right algorithms, implement solutions, do some, develop some technologies just for the sake of technology or sake of that it's, it's, it's common, it's uh, popular, it makes money, but also we want to make it for conscious choices. So that's how Lucid Minds came into existence in, in a very up level. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So what is the problem that you see or, or what is the big idea behind Lucid Minds at the end?
1: I think the, the big idea is we are fo- luckily or fortunately have been aware of also downsides of AI regarding how it can have influence on our lives that's, that may go out of control. There are lots of dystopian fictions and stories in, in life. But I think the big idea in, in lucid minds and in, in our approach is no, it's not that bad. There's a possibility to kind of solve or approach to this emerging technology which means how we can have control on AI on the, it's just an, a technology nothing different than a wheel uh, how we use the wheel or how are we going to use an in an atomic bomb it depends on how choices we make and our our approach here is that we are not just we're talking about these concerns but we are able to implement them I think that's our difference here. Is
0: that related to your uh, what I saw on your website? Algorithmic transparency. I mean, I've heard a couple of people already talk about the black box and the fact that yeah. decisions of AI should be well transparent and explainable. Is that something where you start, or do you do you even take it
1: further? Yes, I think we start there. We are, and we're actually taking it further. The place we start is means we need to look into the box. Yeah. But looking into the box is not enough. And if we, what is in the box? In the box is some code, some algorithms that's implemented. Not everyone else will be interested to look into that box. But what what everyone can look into box is they could understand the input-output relations. Input is what kind of data this this box needs to be fed into, and what's the output of that. So this is it's, a, it's always possible in majorative cases to explain everyone. What is the input output relations? It means how things are taking place, how input is transported to certain output, which could be a recommendation. And then, one, one thing we take it further is we want to give solutions to users to be able to change the output playing with simple, easy, intuitive parameters of the, of the box. Okay. Maybe a good example could be let's say we have certain music recommendation. And in a recommendation tool I want to have, I'd like to say, I'm not feeling good right now. But at the moment, I don't want to go into very depressive music. But I want to have something that's going to chew me up. And that should be an easy option for a user to make that kind of decision and, know, and be able to get the output according to it in a very simple way, intuitive way. So this is kind of a step we want to take further. That's a very
0: simplistic way of uh, of giving an example of how you can interact with that and influence the the output of of what's created. So what do you believe if the fact that a lot of the technology is is being created and a lot of the decisions are being made sort of autonomous, what do you believe is the problem with that? Have you got any tangible examples of how that has turned out
1: completely wrong? Well, the, as exam, yeah, a, a very good example would be this common dis- discussions about ec- eco-chambers to social media. I think that's a very good example how if we don't look into how things are suggested, how AI is, has been developed, that can go out of control. So what, we are, what I'm talking about more concretely, it has, seen that, it has been observed that there are more and more radicalization of some extremist groups just simply because they are getting more and more extreme ideological recommendations and this is not done intentionally as a wrong practice i mean the the design of the algorithm maybe they didn't think that they want to have that kind of output but what we want to say here is that the kind of algorithmic paradigm those solutions have kind of giving this as a bias to the so it's kind of algorithmic bias not because the person who created want to create more and more the same kind of people, extreme groups, so they can give better recommendations. But the way the algorithm is designed happened to be leading that kind of practice in in theory, in practice, actually. So what we want to say there is if you kind of empower the user about what kind of recommendations you have, also explain how you can actually get these recommendations, that kind of will kind of overcome that problem easily. So, for instance, in that, in that simple case, you can say, oh, if I, have, I can have a simple business choice here, a design choice here for users, just give the users to make sure an option saying, well, I want to be able to get recommendation, which is 80% is different than what I think. Possibly they knew what I think better than I do, so they can also give me option to actually get different ideas. So that's also part gives into that kind of selective and conscious choice of algorithm design. Interesting.
0: And maybe I mean I'm looking at your website right now. Maybe a good way to kind of make this well give a realistic example of this in the in the business world is is what you're doing with recruitment. I see you have a product called Lucruiter.
1: Yeah. Is that product working according to those concepts? Could yeah, I mean, exactly. exactly. Thanks for asking that. So what we are trying to do, for instance, Lucruiter is kind of a showcase product that we have been developing internally to kind of give an example how it works. For instance, to give it more concrete example, it's a product where you in the end, in the end of the day, you want to be able to improve the time, you want to make in terms of recruitment process, HR, and also make, make better matches between jobs, teams, and the candidates. So in that specific case, what the way we designed it, we are not making big assumption that we are the very big company, that we have complete profiles of the whole hr domain and then we have the best way of matching it this is this can be not possible for different reasons because technologies and the job market is evolving constantly and secondly that's maybe that means violation of certain data ownerships and that's also we we hope that somehow in some time soon that not any kind of data is available to any single key players then what if a company, HR department, or a recruitment agency, they have limited data, so then they should be able to get certain recommendations? This is part of our concept here, which means we want to be able to work on limited, incomplete data sets as well, and yeah. which also data sets can involve. More importantly, regarding the remark I have just made, from a recruitment perspective, if you don't have complete information, if you don't know exactly what is the best culture of the company, and then come up with the algorithm that picks candidate that fits to that best culture, or if you don't you're not a big company who has trillions of data sets who can actually measure, identify best skill set for certain jobs, then what happens is that you need the input of human. And usually human domain experts are the best decision makers. Then our approach in that case will be what if what kind of service, AI supported, machine learning supported service we can provide and empower the human? And from a visionary conceptual perspective, this is algorithmic transparency. In practical, I can give an example. So let's say the a recruiter is using our product and he has a job mandate, he is a, and then he wants to get some shortest candidates. Then algorithm can create a default sorting shortest with kind of rankings according to matching score. Yeah. But what we are additionally providing is giving the recruiter the chance to say, well, this kind of projects, I need a person who fits perfectly to the, the specification because this project is one-time only project. I don't need to be considered about other skills of that person because that's like six months long project. I need the person day one. It should be end, and it's it's it in at the end of the six month. But versus that could be another very exactly the same set of skills that's posted that requires course, skills posted on on the job mandate, but it's happened to be within a startup company who is actually exploring different opportunities and where maybe it's a, it's a domain where the technology is evolving, skills are evolving constantly. And what the recruiter can decide simply by using the algorithm, say, well, I need transferable skills here because that's, tomorrow that's, their specification may change. Or the versus, I need exactly matching direct skills. So then what you are giving from an end user perspective, you give just a bar saying, for that specific job, I need 100% direct skills versus another one can say, I need 50% transferable, 50% direct skills. Yeah. And that you, get, you are getting, depending on the case, you get complete different rankings and matchings. So that's I kind guess. of transparency. You are kind of understanding also from the user end user perspective, how algorithms can be actually made more functional by getting the humans involved in it.
0: Yeah, that's true that's it's indeed the case that it all depends you know D- depending on what you're trying to look for trying to solve you
1: need you need different yeah ingredients yes exactly of course for instance what we could do what we are able to do given enough data sets we can train the best way things or whether wakes on whether direct skills or indirect skills are needed this is not the question it is now that we know how we how we could do it but the problem is how we can get involved get the humans involved in the process for different reasons, practical reasons. One of them is the human can always have a better choice maker, can have more insights that algorithm. the algorithm may have certain bias that the human can overcome. Or for more other other practical reasons, there might not be enough data sets that the uh, recruiter is using to train the algorithm.
0: Yeah, I've seen a couple of examples of that in the past as well. It's, it's typically... I've heard, I've I've been speaking to someone in the financial space where it's about tra- trading, yeah, trading money, trading stock, exactly, and so on. Exactly. And of course, that's where, yeah, the mood of the day is a very important thing that typically only humans can know. And that's where why that was important to get that, that human involvement. But at the end, my whole philosophy, and that's also why I'm doing the podcast, is that the moment you start using technology and you start combining it with humans, it creates like 1 plus 1 equals 3 type of of impact do you see that as well
1: yeah it, i mean exactly you, that's that's why for instance in our team in the core team we are not only having like technical ai experts or uh, data scientists we are also working with impact of with the, a member of our team is is too much so much into how social impact can take place we also have product design which means how we can go and design interfaces that fits that kind of interaction between algorithms and the users of the algorithms, are humans in the most cases. Yeah. So that's what that's how we are actually. This is kind of our approach in 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 the domain, and we are trying to acknowledge it by also having a compatible team which can solve that kind of problems. Yeah, interesting.
0: So what I've also seen on your on your website, and it has a very interesting name by the way. It's called Homo Politicus. <laughs> yeah. Is this sort of your recruitment? Product vision on steroids, but like going from company to, well, I mean, from what I understand from this, is like economical level, but political level type of decision making.
1: Yeah, this is, yeah, it's a quite interesting for, even for us, quite interesting project. We did kind of proof of concept that project earlier within that research and development consortium, but the idea is basically how to increase awareness amongst citizens In terms of how economy works, how certain policies or decisions that are has impact on on wealth distribution in the society, on growth, on housing markets, on financial markets. So and the way we want to approach it, kind of gamify that. So that means we at the back end of it's a platform at the back end of the platform, there's a game engine where actually we run agents, like artificial agents, the kind of AI implementation in that sense. Yeah. But at the same time, we are giving the, plat- the users, the platform, in that simulated environment, take over the role of one of the agents. could be a government, could be a bank, could be a firm, could be a central bank. And instead of algorithms making decisions, the human start to make decisions, certain important decisions. Yeah. And that way, so you have quite complex system running, at the back end, we know how, what are the assumptions of that system, so with a very simplified way, and then you are making decisions and you are able to see the impact of the decision right away. This is, I think this is the best way to interact with kind of AI to understand, also to forecast the future.
0: Let me make a small interruption here. Bulent just made an excellent remark about how it's optimally blending people and technology that enables us to find answers to questions that seemed unimaginable before. And you get even more insights from him in the remainder of this interview. But that said, if you want to get some fresh guidance and ideas on how you could apply exponential thinking to your solution, just drop me an email at ton.dobby.valueinspiration.com. Back to the interview. Interesting, and thats I mean, I, now I understand also why like, why are you taking this particular approach? And because in a great number of cases, AI is used, and AI and machine learning are used. And the big requirements for these types of technologies to really work is to have incredible amounts of data. And in a number of cases, of course, this data is just not available. So in order to just keep moving and, and be able to make to deal with decision-making, you've sort of created a hybrid model between it, Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. That you pinpointed a very important aspect of that approach. I mean, the approaching to complex systems, or where you may not have data, or maybe having data is not right because of the privacy, because of the limitations. Then you can create a complex system, or in that sense, in that we are creating a kind of economy, actual economy. We are trying to, in that more in that platform. We are kind of representation of basic economy that we have, like in the current economic system. Yeah. And then you, in a way, you run certain scenarios, and then you create, create data, yep. so synthetic data. That gives amazing opportunities to understand the insights about the process. So then we are able to create, run certain economies or multiple variations of economies for, let's say, for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And then we, will, we can see in 30 years time, if country A goes with that kind of employment policy, uh, policy versus country B goes in that kind of employment policy, what will be the wealth distribution or Gini index of these economies in 30-year times?
0: Yeah.
1: So that's kind of power the agent-based modeling can provide us fascinating
0: so I mean how long have you been in uh, in business I mean when, when did you start this journey and, uh,
1: and create solutions yeah I, it's a quite interesting I'm academics i coming from an Academy I have been teaching in computer science departments most of the time for like more than 10 years and I have always had a passion in agent-based modeling and simulations and dynamic networks and any social network analysis yeah. but coming into a business was quite coincidence I guess it was maybe seven, eight years ago, by accident, some person that, who has been working with businesses trying to provide consultancies to businesses kind of convinced me to do some consultancy case for a company. And since I don't, actually didn't have a chance to get the permission to name the company, but the company, I can say, they were producing some electronic devices for certain agricultural sector. So they want to basically measure the biomass, like how many animals you have or how many fish you have in the in the farm. So, the, basically, they what they needed to have someone who can go look into their technology to see how they can actually update the infrastructure. I got there. Okay, I said I'm gonna to my academy because they need you. That's interesting. I'll look into it. So I looked into them into the process. It was clear they needed to uh, update their structures and how they communicate internally in terms of how they collect data but what i have seen they had amazing opportunity which means they had amazing amount of data that they were not dealing with yeah Uh, they i mean they also had to they help had the chance to support their clients in a quite different way so i said okay this is the report this is what you need to do you can just hire. Software developers, database managers and system administrators, they would update your system in that roadmap that was quite straightforward. but I said you could have completely different business model so be- uh-huh. then because they had the chance to look into the market almost at two years ahead. also they had the chance looking into kind of track their devices so my suggestion was helping to change their business model from selling their devices to renting out their devices, tracking their devices. So that would help them reduce their costs, keep the good, good clients, connection with the clients. Plus, they would help data-driven insights and alerts for the people who are using their devices to track biomass, like in forecasting and detecting abnormalities, and also maybe even having an idea about the harvesting time they would have in, in advance. So that was kind of a reason that worked because it was a combination of algorithmic computer science approach and also a business perspective and basically what i had taught in academia was also was trying to do in this consultancy to look into the problems from a data driven perspective exactly uh-huh. so in the end that's how my journey in business has started and this is also part of our service for any businesses but now we are trying to do it more consciously helping also to change the choices the companies are making in their adaptation of the AI or machine learning solutions.
0: Okay. And from the solution that you created, because I think you had sort of a framework or, a, yeah, like I said, a platform. What has been the, the most significant element that you've added to the platform where, where you say this is where it really became, where we, are, where, where we had a breakthrough in terms of what we could do and deliver value to companies?
1: I think that's, not I wouldn't say that is nothing new compared to other businesses or consultancy companies are doing, what we are doing differently, that we with we are a quite lean and core team. We are able to look into the problems quite quick and effective without going into too much detail in the process. And I think what where we could make a big difference is certain organizations where... They need to be aware of privacy, or they need to be aware of how they can actually be consciously using the third certain AI solutions in terms of, let's say, democratization of AI, which is a quite common word, but it, in terms of how they can actually be self sustainable in algorithm choices, how they can actually sus, be self sustainable in using and adopting those technologies. This is, I think. Our kind of a unique approach compared to other consultancies like big consultancy companies. So that's, that's where, where we can be quite instrumental and different than any other big consultancy company, I would say.
0: Okay. Conscious use of AI. And just, yeah. Can you explain that uh, well, a bit more deeply then?
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll, it's, it's best to kind of give an example, another kind of emerging hot topic in, in technology, which is kind of blockchain and smart contracts. Uh-huh. So one of the things we have been helping other companies is also helping to identify what kind of blockchain solutions they can provide. So we are not into like creating another token system, another blockchain technologies, but how whether you can actually apply the idea, core idea in your problems. So in a conscious choice would be, for instance, one of the things we can. Actually, help to develop proof of concepts, even MVPs. Is what if you have a blockchain technology where you can look into all supply chain of certain medicine from products, producers to the people who need them? And while they are able to look into originality and the whole track of the medicine they are using. Because the reason we are talking about it is, as far as we know, up to 30 40% of the medicine that's used, been used in developing countries are actually not original or some could be dangerous because they are, they are not produced and they, we don't know how they have been produced. So that's one way of conscious using of technology. In that case, how adopting a using essence of blockchain technology for s- some social impact, a socially good reason. That's one example. Yeah, true.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of, there's this, this the whole trust area. I mean, yeah.
1: You... yeah. There's one of the, in, yeah, the other, ex- like another example of the kind of approach we would have would be, it could be just general, any machine learning approach. What we are trying to do is helping organizations could be profit or non-profit when they adopt AI solutions, how they can make sure that they are not violating privacy rights. Yeah. Which means whether the algorithms they are have to use make assumption they have to go all the, into the private data. What if they need a part of controlled certain sets of data, they, they, but still they need to give service to the, their clients. So in a way, all GDPR regulations are actually out there, but there are hardly any uh, companies that are actually coming up with solutions to cover that need. That's exactly. where we can jump in. Yeah, exactly.
0: I want to come back a little bit to your to the first two type of solutions that you created the recruiter and the home politicus. because um, it still intrigues me that the whole agent based modeling the fact that you can work with data gaps but still continue the process of decision making and move things forward so do you have any i mean from the results that you've seen with with customers, what are you most proud of i mean i'm not sure whether you can actually mention any names but What has been sort of the aha moment also for you and for your customers? This
1: is really working. One of the examples we could give is one of the projects that we have done, which was part of the core team we have. The the objective in that project was what kind of mortgage regulation policies we could put forward that can help home ownership in societies, plus where we can still have healthy use of mortgages or housing markets in in economies. So that's kind of example policy suggestion modeling that we worked on. And we were able to come up with simple and easy implement policy instruments, which we could see in many cases, which means in many different simulations that we have run, as statistically significant simulations we have seen, that actually we were able to create more even Distribution of house ownership in okay. economies, but still having a running and working housing market without shutting down the housing market or mortgage mechanism. But we were able to give more access to people to for the houses.
0: That's an interesting one. That's <laughs> a number of countries where will, will be interesting to hear about what you've done there, yeah. and a lot of and I think also a lot of real estate owners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, from from the learnings that you that you've seen from the solutions that you've created. How should we as decision makers think different in terms of what's possible or how to approach what is possible for our business?
1: I think from the place where we could be instrumental and the suggestion we could make in that approach would be always looking into what like, users and end users need. In first place, that's a very common business approach, I would believe. Yeah. But more importantly, how you could make your users empowered. And when you say empowered, means like how you can make them active in uh, interacting with your algorithms or your choices, and which me which requires you have to come up different perspective from how you design AI, use AI versus how you design your interaction, user interfaces, or it could be any kind of human interaction with the product, and it requires from user interaction design to algorithm design. You should have. All this in one place, which means you have to complete the address, the question in one place, and to be able to solve it. So it's not enough to have a good user interface without having a supporting AI service or algorithm on, at the back end. So yep. that's kind of thing, we, I think we are kind of proud and we are passionate about.
0: And with that, yeah, I mean, like you're like you're saying, you the type of answers you get to certain questions. Difference and as, as a consequence of that, you get better answers because the context is, is much more specific.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. Because there's a lot of standardized solutions, of course, on the market. I mean, just your example around recruitment,
1: Yeah, typically yeah.
0: based on the same type of algorithms. And if you were to implement them in company A and company B, you'll likely get the same type of outcome. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, 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 exactly. It's a very good example that you mentioned there again. You can have exact the same requirements on the page, yeah. Then any straightforward algorithm would give the same output, but if you get in, in the user, which in this case, in our case, was recruit involved, you could have quite significant different uh, matching. Exactly, and that
0: translates into, into cost savings, but even possibly yeah. into competitive advantage.
1: Yeah, because that, yeah, the, the from and like from the end of the day, it's about how you get people use a technology more effectively yeah and that this is also a kind of a step in our adoption of more and more ai services in our daily life yeah interesting
0: interesting i uh, i haven't come up with an, with an approach that that is any anything like this maybe one but it's only around the decision making angle and uh, you're taking it to a completely level here very good so what's next for you what is next for uh, for lucid minds what is your expir- aspiration from
1: here yeah, in mean, our roadmap plan, the next thing is to complete these two products. One of them is a product we call Recruiter. Maybe go to the market That's also could be useful in the end. And second thing is the platform, Homo politicus. One of them is more day-to-day business need. The other one is, addresses quite a different area, which is policymaking, making people aware and conscious and within a very gamified way to, to understand how economy works how it can evolve. So we want to get this into the market as soon as possible. But we, we have been also working with other companies, helping them to do proof of concept in blockchains and in other AI domains. So I think this is quite interesting. Although the, the one thing I will lastly, I want to say, these are all big technologies. The, our approach is quite valid because we are not claiming that we know everything. That's why we have an expert hub but we understand the basic and important aspects of these technology. That's why we're actually being able to help other businesses a lot. So, and guiding them, even helping them form their teams, to develop final solutions on their own. So that's something we are proud of and happy. Okay.
0: Yeah, I understand that. So where can people go and find out more about your company and
1: say hi to you? lucidminds.ai is the company webpage. page or blend at lucidminds.ai. They can always reach and ask questions. And I'm around in Amsterdam or in Berlin with, with my core members and with the team we work together. It's a very fun and also interesting interaction-wise. So yeah, that's easy to, to reach us. Okay, thank,
0: thank you very much for this interview and sharing your, your vision around like how, to, yeah, how to use AI in a, in, a, in a different way, much more transparent way and get it to
1: the next level. Thanks. Thanks for putting this podcast series. It's very inspirational.
0: Thank you. And that's exactly the purpose of the whole podcast.
1: So thank you, Bulent.
0: And for everybody else that's listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Bulent Ozel, co-founder and CEO of Lucid Minds. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, And lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast, or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode.
1: That's what